social media is one of the main components, how we connect. Back in the day, it was getting a business card and you know following up with someone. It was a lot more cold calling. It was a lot more of that not direct face-to-face. Now, uh, with social media, it takes, makes it so much easier to be able to put a name to the face, be more memorable out there, posting content that people can be attracted to. And you know, really make those those connections stronger, so that you can build uh, better relationships with each other. Welcome to the Making Sales Social podcast, featuring the top voices in sales, marketing, and business. Join Bryn Tillman and me, Bob Woods, as we each bring you the best tips and strategies our guests are teaching their clients, so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Enjoy the show. My guest for this episode of Making Sales Social is Vice President of Franchise Development, James Stapleton of Caring Transitions, which helps families cope with the loss of a loved one or the need to relocate someone through an expert network of dedicated experts and resources. Let's just really quickly talk about what Caring Transitions is by addressing what it isn't. It isn't just a moving company or an estate sales company. It's a transition company that fills in a gap in the otherwise crowded senior services industry that no one else is really addressing. That's one of the reasons why that I really like this company. So James, welcome to Making Sales Social. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, sure. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. So um, our first traditional question always is, what does making sales social mean to you? You know, I mean, nowadays in this environment, social media media is one of the main components, how we connect. Back in the day, it was getting a business card and you know following up with someone. It was a lot more cold calling. It was a lot more of that not direct face-to-face. Now uh, with social media, it takes, makes it so much easier to be able to put a name to the face, be more memorable out there, posting content that people can be attracted to. And you know, really make those those connections stronger, so that you can build uh, better relationships with each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we just teach here at Social Sales Link in, in general. Whether you're you're using it specifically for social selling, or you know, in that more kind of broadly overall social kind of thing going on, it ultimately is about making connections and 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 building strong connections so that so that you can have those conversations and and so that you, you know, when you make connections, you feel connected. And I, I think especially in today's world, feeling connected is definitely more important than ever, especially coming out of the pandemic. And everybody is just like, you know, um, people, people really felt disconnected. And I think that there's almost that kind of need for even more connection than there, than there used to be. I'm not sure if you'd agree with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I was just over at the, uh, the IFA, the International Franchise Association's National Conference. Mm -hmm. And people were asking for business cards. I have them, you know, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, I've got a whole drawer of business cards. I could not place a name to the face of anyone that's in there, but I can go back on LinkedIn and go back to see, you know, when I started, who was the first person to the last person and then follow up with those people because you have that connection. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and, and we've, we've actually covered this in other podcasts and other things that we publish, but you can actually use the LinkedIn mobile app to make a direct connection with someone while you are like literally in front of them talking too. So, you know, you've got that as almost a, a database when you're in those networking 
situations and you can um when you customize the the invite you can actually put in hey you know met you blah 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 so that you can actually have a record of where you met these people because i don't know if your memory is 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 as good as mine but my memory is not as good as it used to be anymore right <laughs> so actually uh be, before we started talking uh we are or before we started recording i should say we we were talking a little bit about a really fascinating subject that you were just touching on a little bit and i just guys said wait 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 let's get this for the show so we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about after taking prospects through a pipeline and this is for any company at this point so this isn't just for like a franchise or franchisee type type of situation b2b b2c whatever it doesn't matter after taking people through the pipeline it's inevitable that some people are going to fall out it just happens i don't care how good of a salesperson you are sometimes they're just going to fall out the thing is some people may be falling out who may not should or should not be falling out i guess is probably the best way to put it many sales pros probably wondering why people are falling out so you james you have four reasons why you think people ultimately don't buy from you. So let's go ahead and break them down one by one. And let's start, obviously, I think with number one. All right, perfect. Well, you know, I've been in sales for 26 years and I've known through all my career in sales that um, the people you're going to come across are going to, you're going to have the definite yeses, the people that are like, oh my God, this is a miracle. How did you find me? I need this today. Right. And they just write a check for you. You're going to have the people that are definite no's and it's definite no either from their side or your side. It's just not a fit for what you have. You know, as you said, you're not gonna be able to sell everybody, but you're going to have maybes in between there. The good salespeople, the people that make it in this industry are the people that close the maybes. Those ones that are close can go either way. Um, so what I've uh, found through my experience is there's four different reasons somebody's not buying from you. It's that there's no need, no trust, no money, or no hurry. If one of these four things are missing, I don't care how perfect your product is. I don't care what they're able to um, establish from it or able to, you know, whatever. If it, it is perfect for them, you'll never sell it if one of these four things are missing. So let's break them down. So let's start with the first one. So no need. So obviously, if somebody doesn't need your product, then that's a big red flag right there, right? But depending on where you're coming from, I mean, it's different if, you know, you're cold calling someone to right. you know them walking in through your door. Uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes from Henry Ford was, if I asked people what they need, they would have said faster horses. So <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's not evident that they need your service, you know, walking in. Sometimes it's, you know, you have to build that need up for them. So you have to figure out, you know, is there an actual need for my product from this person? But when it comes to sales itself, you have to um, be able to, Tell them what the um, what your solution is to their problem to figure out if there is a need, right? I think a lot of people will establish like they'll they'll tell people about their business um, and try to force it in, right? Right. Here's, yeah. Here's one thing that I've uh, realized is that people don't care about you. It's a Janet Jackson song. What have you done for me lately? Okay, that's what it's always about. And if you can't be able to answer that question, then um, you know, it's it's out the window already. It's like a kid asking his teacher what two plus two is and the teacher telling him about all the degrees she has and how smart she is. You're not yep. answering the question, but you really have to be able to, you know, dig down and find out, you know, what their problem is. Is your, um, your solution that you have a uh, solution to their problem? And then really 
framing everything around what their problem is, what their need is, and then showing them this is the benefit and this this is how I can help you. Here's the benefit of using me and my products because it's going to save you time, because it's going to save you money, because it's going to save you something and be able right. to answer the question. Yeah. So I've and and actually I, I think this is really good time to to bring back, you know, that faster horses analogy that that you just uh, used before, because, you know, a car, you don't necessarily associate a car with a horse, but if you need to go faster, but yet people are looking or think that they need a horse, you this is where like maybe a little reframing comes in, in a little bit. I think that's what you're kind of saying there, well, just, just addressing their needs specifically. Back, back in the 1900s, nobody knew what a car was, right? Right. It was horse and carriage. So, you mm -hmm. know, Henry Ford coming in, he had a product that nobody understood, that nobody knew, they didn't know how it even worked. And so if your product is this, because think about it, people live revolutionary things. All the, they're inventing revolutionary things all the time. Think about social <laughs> media before it was social media. I mean, think when you first heard about the internet, were you able to explain it to anybody? Were you yeah, able to, exactly. you know, have a conversation? I remember the the news programs at that time going, wait a minute, how does it work? It's a it's an at sign or about sign or what is it, right? <laughs> so sometimes, you know, depending on what your product is, it's not, you know, uh, face forward to a person or prospect. So, but <laughs> once you explain, you know, what it is, how it works and how it benefits that person, then it's like, oh yeah, how how can I not how can I live without this? Yeah, and actually, um, one thing that we had talked about before that 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 we're going to bring up again. I mean, there are some industries and some businesses, and I think that your business is actually one of them that people don't even necessarily know that they exist. But when they hear about it, it's like, oh my god, this is great! How did I not know this exists? And I think that you could actually plug that in to this entire conversation here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, so my business, I have to explain to everybody like what we do. We're the nation's largest provider of senior relocation and resale of household goods. And when most people hear about that, they'd be like, man, I wish I'd have known about this when I went through it. We've been in business for 17 years. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So even though we're the largest provider of this kind of service, we are out there marketing and um, uh, and driving the business. And we've got 300 locations across the United States. So yeah. most people don't look into our business until they're knee deep in the situation. They're Googling at two in the morning. What do I do with mom to try to find a solution to it? Yeah. And so that's where we, I really have to be able to let them know what it is, how it works, how it benefits somebody to become a franchisee because it's not common knowledge. So Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into number two in this list now on uh, no trust and our, our no trust. In other words, there, there hasn't been trust developed yet. Yep. So why don't you, uh, go ahead and address that a little bit more. Yes. How does one build trust? It's trust is the one thing that takes forever to build and the second to take away. Anybody that's been in a bad relationship can relate to that, right? So mm -hmm. No matter uh, who you're talking to, you know, everybody has experienced this. So when it comes to, to trust, what I found is in sales itself, it, a lot of it has to do with confidence. You know, it has to be how you present the business. Um, have you ever been in a networking group or you uh, talk to someone? I mean, think about all the things we buy. You know, you ever did, did a big purchase where you go to buy a car or a boat or insurance or something like that? And the mm -hmm. person might give you a whole hour presentation, but there was that one little thing they said. That you were like, eh, I'm not yeah. sure about this, right? And and it blew up the whole thing. So at the end of it, it's like, yeah, hurry up so I can get out of here. Um, a lot of it has to do with confidence and knowing what you're talking about. I mean, that's that's a big one right there. Um, if you know your product inside and out, there's nothing that's going to sweep you off your feet. Um, one of my favorite things that my mentor used to say to me all the time was, "When you know, and you know, you know, confidence replaces fear." Right. 
I think a lot of the times when we're going through a presentation, especially when you're new and, you know, there might be a part of the business you're not sure about. And they get to that sticking point where they ask you that question and you're porky pig. You're ba 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 And then that's the one sticking point, right? That's the one thing that they're caught up on that you are not getting past that until you answer that question. Right. Um, and depending on what your situation is, like for us, we take somebody through a four to six week process. So we mm-hmm. get another opportunity to be say, listen, let me, let me check on it. But man, if you're sitting at a table with someone or you're, you know, they come into the dealership or wherever your thing is, you might get one shot at being able to answer that question. And that's where, you know, the, um, the, you have to make sure you're on your A game. But here's the other thing too, is when somebody's sitting across from you and you're going through your sales pitch, man, their guard is up, right? Nobody trusts salespeople. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks the, of the, the slimy snake oil salesman that's going to leave town yeah. as soon as you get the money, right? So their yeah. guard is up. And so as you start, you know, talking about your brand, building the solution, they're dropping that guard down. So yeah. to the point where they're not listening when it's up. But man, as you start going through it, their guard is coming down. Now they're listening. And you're building that confidence and that trust within that client to be able to have them at the end of it. What do you think? And for them to make a decision on exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah. And then I think that when it comes to trust, uh, you know, bring bringing social back into it, whether you're talking about more of a B2C type of just straight marketing strategy or or whether it's more like B2B and, and what we do with, with social selling. I mean, trust is built through social and we are huge believers in that here. And we, we, we even have the phrase, um, you know, attract, teach and engage, which is what we teach here. Attract, teach and engage, uh, leads to no like and trust. And everyone wants to know like and trust thing. Social can, it, it's not going to, it's never going to seal the deal, but it's definitely going to get you much, much farther along that path. Well, also, you know, you don't have a chance to explain yourself if it's on social, right? If you post something out there and somebody's like, I have this. Looking to up your LinkedIn game? The Social Sales Link team has you covered with our LinkedIn Sales Accelerator, a guided social selling program that includes training, coaching, and so much more. Visit socialsaleslink.com slash in for more details. Again, that's socialsaleslink.com slash in. Doesn't make any sense to me. You're not able to be there and go, well, hold on, and then be able to give that explanation, right? You're putting things on social media that, you know, either are going to relate to certain people or hit a certain market or whoever you're trying to target. Yeah, exactly. But, if it, but you don't get the... Um, uh, you don't get the chance to be able to um, explain something if it's not clear. So I think social sales, especially if you're putting things on LinkedIn or you're putting things on social media, you're blasting things out to anything on social. I think that message has to be crystal clear to people. So there are no questions. Or if it right. is, hey, if questions, contact me. Let's talk yeah. through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, crystal clear. And then we we always teach about... Um, you know, always has to have value, always has to be educational, always has to be, you know, advancing and valuable so that people are actually feel like that they're getting something out of it. Absolutely. So number three is, uh, is no money, no moolah. Yes. This is my favorite thing to talk about because this is the biggest misconception. I used to do door-to-door insurance sales, knock on someone's door, get in the house the old fashioned way, sit at a kitchen table. Um, (laughs) A lot of cold calling in between there. Every time I say that, people are like, 
they all do the same rolling of their eyes. But, you know, um, a lot of it has to do when it comes to money is what's between your ears. Sometimes, you know, you give a big proposal out to someone just because you can't um, afford it doesn't mean they can't. Right. So it's always, you know, dropping whatever that top number is. You can always go down, right? You can always mm-hmm. say, listen, it's $10,000. What do you think? And, eh, you know, and work through it, right? But you can't go, it's $10,000. Okay, sounds great. Oh, I meant it's 15, right? You can't go up, you know, after somebody says says yes. So um, you really have to be able to dig in and find out, you know, what the case is when it comes around money. Um, and here's, depending on what your product is, some people buy, most people buy what they want, have to be sold what they need. They buy what they want, have to be sold what they need. This was a big thing for insurance. And nobody thinks they need insurance until they need insurance. And unfortunately, right. it's the one product you can't get when right. you need it, right? So um, you really have to be able to put somebody in a situation where what's going to happen if you don't move forward on this? If somebody feels comfortable in the situation that they're in after hearing your product, they're mm-hmm. not going to buy it. There's no need to buy it, right? There's no there's no reason to, to, to move forward on it because nothing's going to change in their world. So you have to kind of make them feel uncomfortable with what goes on. So you want to talk about building the need. Like when we were at the insurance company, we would ask people questions like, Bob, if you got sick or hurt and couldn't work, would you still receive a paycheck? So, you know, the answer no. usually is no, yeah. right? And right. Uh, will that be a problem for you? Probably, yes. Of course, right? So, yeah. and also, <laughs> it'd be, I can't pay my bills, right? So it's getting people in a situation and making them think through that situation that they're in. Um, but, you know, there's also other questions, you know, they got to think about. Like, you know, your your um, your so your product is a, a, a solution to their problem, right? So, you know, is there a time aspect? You know, if them, you know, doing whatever your product or service or, you know, being without it, is it uh, costing them time mm-hmm. to do it their own? Listen, I know it changed my own oil, but I'd much rather go to a Jiffy Lube where I'm in the waiting room for 30 minutes and then when I get to the register and they say it's $80, I'm not like, that's not how much oil costs, right? I know that it's saving me from going under my truck, making a mess of my garage. And then what do I do with it? Right. Yeah. So, exactly. You know, is there a uh, psychological impact? You know, if, if, you know, sometimes your product is mentally preparing them for something, you know, and if they're going to do it on their own and they're it, once again, sometimes it comes down to time, they're doing it on their own. What are they giving up? Cause they have to do X, Y, or Z. How are you saving them time and and uh, and money by doing that? Um, is there family impact? You know, is there something that you know? My family is everything to me. So when it comes to me, it's if there's something that's going to impact my family. Like once again, let me go to, back to the, the the insurance thing. You know, something like that happens. You know, it's going to be a big impact for my family. We're going to change everything that we have right now, right? Even when it comes down uh, to um, physical impacts. You know, what if what if Whatever you're selling, you know, allows them to be able to do whatever they want to do. But if they did it on their own, what if they got hurt? You know, I'm uh, fortunately able to, my living is all around talking to people. So, you know, God forbid I hurt myself. I can probably still talk to people and just be, you know, uncomfortable in the situation. But if I was a police officer, if I was a firefighter, if I was, you know, anybody, if I was a construction worker, you know, and hurt myself, that's going to take me out of work once again. I'm losing something by um, by not using a product or service that probably could benefit me. So, and when it comes to money too, the first, first three objections somebody gives you are false objection. That's not really the reason they're not buying from you today. So think about that. The first three objections they give you are false objections. And it usually all revolves around money. This is where you start getting the... I got to think about it. You know, I can't afford it. You know, you start getting these excuses. So that's why closing someone 
you know, is important. And it's not hard closing someone. I, you know, the word close is so it's, it's like a yeah. term, right? People are like, I, nobody, yep. nobody wants to be closed on something, right? You know, people want to feel like they're buying something. They're not sold on something. Right. So, but it's, it's important to dig down into what the real reason is that they're not moving forward. Cause it might be something that you can give them a little bit more information on. And then mm-hmm. close the deal right now, once again, these are the maybes. These are the ones that are on the fence 50, 50. So, right. Those couple different things, you know, would all revolve around money. And if, man, you can't tackle that and get an answer to it, you'll never sell it. And then number four, and we've already talked about this a little bit. It kind of goes in with, with, with money a little bit is that there's, is that there's no hurry mm-hmm. on our part. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to hurry itself, it's, you know, um, it's getting, allowing them a certain amount of time to make a decision. That's hurry. Uh, and listen, mm-hmm. even coupons expire, Right. So, you know, think about that, you know, as you're not, you're not pressuring somebody to do something, but it's like, listen, this is what the price is right now. It might not be that, you know, in the future, I might have more jobs on my calendar. It might be in a different situation. I might not have, you know, the people on my team to be able to help you with whatever job you're looking to do. So you have to put some kind of timeline on whatever proposal you're giving someone. Um, And, you know, when it comes to hurry itself, time kills deals, right? So mm-hmm. every day that passes after you give somebody a uh, a, um, a price on that quote, every day that passes, it gets them farther away from making that decision. A lot of times, you know, it's it's front of mind, right? It's it's up here, and then as time moves on, it goes to the back of their mind, and then they get reminded of it every once in a while. We've all gone through this. We've all seen something that we bought and we're like, we didn't pull the trigger at that time, and and something else happens, and it totally takes the the um, the thought process away. Um, I remember back during the pandemic, I was looking to buy a truck and, uh, they, the, because of the pandemic, the chips weren't in, so they had limited, you know, uh, inventory. And so when I went back, so my desire to buy a truck at that moment, uh, was very high since I couldn't find the one that I wanted. It went from my front of my mind to the back of my mind. And I finally made the decision. I'm going to keep what I have right now and I'll drive it till the wheels fall off and then I'll get something down the road. But once again, you know, if there was someone that I was talking to that was like, listen, we'll, you know, here's what we have. This is a great truck. This fits all your needs. And we'll, you know, work this deal out with you. I'd probably be driving a brand new truck right now. Yeah. You give people yeah. time to think through it and think about it. They're going to talk themselves out of it. And then they're also going to have be talking to the influencers that are around them. You know, they'll be talking to their family and their spouse and everybody else. That's like, what are you crazy? Wait a minute. What are you going to do? And it doesn't allow you to be able to say, well, this is the reason that it benefits you. So, and once again, it's all about, you know, creating that hurry so they can make a decision. And this is what it is today. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that, you know, uh, you're, you're talking a little bit more about B2C where I think that, that, you know, um, that going to the back of the mind and disappearing kind of happens more. I think that in B2B sales a little bit more, you can, you can keep a relationship going with, with, with someone so that, so that things can actually come back and, and, and you can close sale because, because that happens with, with us a lot here. But when it comes to like those, those, those B2C decisions, like, like the trucks, I think that that's 100% the case. Well, even think about social media. I mean, think of how fast people scroll, right? Yeah. How fast yeah. Do you have to make an impact with someone and then be able yeah. to capture their attention and it's buy now, buy now, buy now, right? Click the button. You know, I've, I've, trust me, I've, I only impulse buys I've made off of Facebook that I got in the mail and I'm like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to, what it looked like in the, in the picture, right? right? You know, yeah. <laughs> you do it all the time. 
But I mean, but that's once again, that's social selling, right? It's it's being able yeah. to get somebody's attention, buy it now. Here's the price, having it face forward because everybody wants it quick. Everybody wants the fast food mentality, right? Yeah, yeah, especially on the B two C side. And um, you know, I, my my wife could probably tell you a little bit more about that, but I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and move on with that. Right. Um, so let's back up a little bit and talk uh, talk a little bit more specifically about uh, carrying transitions. Like I said before, it's one of those companies where it's like you you're not thinking about it, but when you hear about it, it's like, damn, that's a great idea. How did everything get started and what's, and what's y'all's ultimate goal there? So we, we've been franchising since 2006. So we're uh, actually, as in three days, it'll be our uh, 17-year anniversary. Oh, wow, um, cool. we, we started with a company called Home Helpers uh, way back in the yeah. day that did um, in-home healthcare. And yeah. we saw that there was a huge gap in um, going from, hey, mom needs to be moved out of her house now because she needs more care. Or maybe it's, you know, the spouse passed away and they needed a downsize. So we saw it a hole in the market and uh, we decided to, um, you know, jump, put uh, all of our chips in this basket um, because there really isn't anybody else that does it nationally like we do, uh, at least not to the scope that we do. So um, who we are and what we do is we're, we are the nation's largest provider of senior relocation and the resale of household goods. So we find seniors that are looking to downsize, either into an assisted living facility or a smaller apartment. So what we'll do is we'll go into their house, we'll find out what they want to bring with them to the next place, physically move them in, and then resettle them there. Then once they're settled, we'll go back into the house with whatever's left over. We'll do either an in-house estate sale or an online sale through our CT Bids proprietary website. And then um, once the estate sale is done, any items uh, that are left over, if they have a if they have value to them, we'll donate them. If they don't, we toss them. But the whole point is to leave that house in a broom swept fashion, so a real estate agent come in, stage it, start doing their walkthroughs, and sell the house faster. So um, once again, just like I was talking about, like the need for that, most people don't even realize that you know something like this exists. Because I mean, here, here's reality: is that you know nobody's sitting around the kitchen table at Thanksgiving going. Hey, if mom has a stroke, what are we gonna do with all the stuff in here? It's always that, oh my God, this just happened. Now what do we do? Right. So it's 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 a very reactive need for this. And people are searching at two in the morning, like, what do I do with mom? And trying to find a solution to this. And so we are the all-in-one solution from oh my God, this just happened to um selling the house. And the major need for something like this too has to do with how much is your time worth, right? It's the stress on the family. As much as we sell stuff. You know, we were clearing out the stuff in the house. It's really making an impact in the family because the stress level is different for both parties. The stress for the kids is um, they're thinking, I got my own family. I don't have time to do this. I got my own career and I, I'm now spending every weekend in this house and mom's got too much stuff and I don't want anything in there. The stress for the senior is like, hold on, pump the brakes. You're going to put me someplace strange where I don't know anybody that's outside of my routine. And then you're going to go through my house and sell the stuff that I have. And then you're going to sell my house. They've lived in for 30, 40, 50 years, raise the kids, have the memories. Like yeah. you know, that's where we are the bridge in between both parties. Be able to get mom in place where she needs to be, get her settled and get her uh, set up, take care of the house, take it off the kid's shoulders so that it can sell. And then they can help their loved ones settle in this new strange reality. That's where yeah. they much to spend their time. Yeah. Wow. So in terms of the the business, you have the um you have the local franchisees and then you have directors as 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 well, right? Kind of like area directors or whatever you want to call them. Yep. They're franchise directors. Yep. 
franchise director. Okay. Okay, cool. So if, um, if someone is interested in finding out more about uh, either becoming a director and overseeing these franchisees or becoming a franchisee themselves, what can they do? Sure. They can contact me directly. So um, they can reach out to me at either uh, J Stapleton. S, it's a letter J S T A P L E T O N at caringtransitions.com. Um, or they can um, even go to our website, you know, and fill out uh, fill out a um, one of our forms on the website saying that they're looking for to become a franchisee or, you know, they're looking for to become a director. Um, we are hiring at the moment. So, you know, if anybody's out there that is looking for a great sales opportunity with uh, room to grow, we are a great place to uh, to start. And I would be a very, very horrible LinkedIn strategist if I also didn't mention that James is also on LinkedIn. Absolutely. I, I think I got like 2,900 contacts on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty established on uh, on LinkedIn and believe in the platform. Good for you. Good for you. So uh, Caring Transitions, Vice President of Franchise Development. That is a mouthful. James <laughs> Stapleton, thank you very much for joining us on Making Sales Social. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate the time. Sure. So remember, when you're out and about this week, be sure to make your sales social. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.